Hi, this is Solomon, here with a joint feature with What's the Delio and Hanabi. The United States has been rocked with civil unrest following the May 25th murder of George Floyd by four Minneapolis police officers. Police brutality against protesters and reporters has fanned the flames of protest as the Black Lives Matter organization, among others, worked towards achieving racial justice in America. The organization has three hashtag what matters 2020 goals of engaging black Americans in the electoral process, educating constituents about issues of concern, and promoting voter registration. But for students at ASIJ, what can we do? One of the most important things is to educate yourself. Learn what the issues are and how they came about. To help you do that, we've created this joint feature. Today, we're going to play you an old episode of What's the Delio. It's a panel discussion featuring former faculty members Ms. Yaguru and Ms. Gessert, and class of 2020 graduates Bella Salate and Aaron Dowrich. Although it was recorded in May 2019, it's more relevant than ever today. Here's the episode. Hi everyone, what's the dealio? This is Becca with the podcast team. In light of some recent events involving the use of racial slurs and insensitivity around our community, we would like to focus on the topic of race and culture, both at ASIJ and beyond. We want to stimulate and open up the discussion about this topic as it is relevant to many of us who will leave the international community and return to the U.S., We hope that this will be the first of many episodes looking into this topic in different ways from various angles. Over to Ray and Andrew. Hi, I'm Ray Lindemann. I'm in grade 12. Hi, I'm Andrew Small. I'm also in grade 12. Today we're joined by four very special guests who will be sharing their opinions on this very important topic as well as their own experiences regarding race and culture. Um, Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Bella Salate and I'm in 11th grade. Um, I'm Erin Dowrich and I'm in 11th grade. Hi, I'm Ms. Yaguru, and I'm an English teacher. I'm Ms. Gessard, and I'm a social studies teacher. Thank you. So about a week ago, we released a survey to the entire student body asking them three questions about race and culture. Um, And we asked them to rate these um, questions from one to five, one being not at all and five being um, very much so. And so we had four around 36 responses overall. And we just want to sort of frame the interview by looking at some of the responses to these questions and see what we feel about them. Uh, The first question was, is racism a problem in the ASIJ community? And the average response was a three with 11 respondents or 30 percent of those who responded uh, rating it a three. So kind of in the middle. So um, there are a lot of comments about this. And one question that I wanted to ask you guys was, do you think that the insensitivity that's been going on is a result of racism or ignorance, which seemed to be like a, a pretty big contention point in the responses. I don't think it blatantly has to deal with like racism in- itself because I think students are like lacking the education of like about race and identity. So it mostly has to deal with ignorance because they're not necessarily exposed to new cultures like every single day because they see people around them who are exactly like them. So. I also don't, I really don't think anyone at the school, like, at the heart of it is, like, a racist person. I think it's, like Aaron said, they're not surrounded by, like, as much race, racial issues as there are in the United States. And I think history classes that we have here, we learn about um, racism back then, but we don't learn as much about racism now. So people are just, I think they're just ignorant and, like, 
that's something that can be changed versus like they're not inherently racist people. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I think um, I have never had the feeling that there's a that we have a problem as as in like a you know prejudice and discrimination going on at the school overtly. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been incidences yeah. that are concerning, individual ones that happen. Usually those are instances where um, it's actually something else going on in that person's life and they are taking it out in, oh. in these ways. Um, or it's playing out in, that, in this kind of forum, but yeah. it's not really about... Um, about race necessarily mm-hmm. in that regard. I think, you know, with just use of insensitive language at the school, I do think it's ignorance and um, there's some excitement about defying um, uh, political correctness right now, right? Like, you can't check my language. I can say whatever <laughs> I want. Um, but it really has just been an insensitivity to the impact that that has on other people mm-hmm. and a lack of empathy for other people. Yeah. A lot of stuff gets kind of quieted mm-hmm. and made vague. And when you look at the question of whether somebody is actually acting out of ignorance or ill intent, you know, yeah. like, yeah. so I wish there was more discussion of the finer points when I mean it's almost universal if you ask somebody at the school is racism good or bad of course they're going to say racism is bad yeah but when we don't know the details and then people don't under they never get trained out of their ignorance mm-hmm. because we don't it's it's so difficult for a lot of people to see the nuances yeah and right to see and some people um, responded saying that ASIJ is so, quote, liberal that and so open-minded that students become naive about, uh, you know, the mean the implications of these words outside of ASIJ, if that makes sense. So, do you feel that, like, the liberal environment is actually encouraging or fostering this carelessness in a way? sort of not backfiring but do you feel like there's a negative aspect to it i think that yes there is some naivete Mm -hmm. and um kind of a lack of awareness of of how race works and the power that language has in that Mm -hmm. in that political game and social Mm -hmm. game like but also um i don't think it's it's because of the liberal student body I don't uh-huh. think that it's I think that that's unfair but I do think that that is the the message that's not only playing out here but definitely in the United States like mm-hmm. um, in order to promote other agendas yeah um, it is easiest sometimes to just blame like the opposing group and so um, if you feel conservative and you feel oppressed then it's because the liberals are keeping you quiet <laughs> and you know <laughs> the opposite um, I, yeah but I don't think we should I think that's too simple of a relationship mm-hmm, to build mm-hmm. between our experience here I also think when we say like ASIJ is like a liberal community, I would say as a whole that's like correct, but like among the people who 
usually when people make that statement, they're talking about like social justice kind of liberal things. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily because of the liberal environment that we have. Mm-hmm. It's just because like kids just have the tendency to like <laughs> do things that are not good. <laughs> like, I see, I see. You know. Huh. Our next question was, uh, is racism a problem in the United States today? And um, we had 55% of uh, respondents respond with a five. So they feel that it very much is a problem today. And in total, about 88% people of the respondents rated it uh, four or five. So clearly there's kind of a consensus in the student body that uh, racism is a big problem. Well, I guess we, we want to sort of get your personal experiences for this question. So considering that you, I think you've all um, spent time in the U.S. and in Japan. So when you compare your experiences, your, you know, your daily experiences living or spending time here and there, do you how like to what extent do you feel that your race or culture has affected how you've been treated or perceived in both comparing both countries or societies to be honest I feel like in so basically every aspect of my life while I lived in America like it did come down to race and like people like to say oh like it's why do people always talk about race like race was not a problem there but I know and my family knows that at the core of it, it came down to race, whether it's like I'm biracial, I'm half white, half black. So whether it's little comments like, oh, you're an Oreo, you're so white, little things like that, that are like, oh, that's not really nice. Or like things that are like blatantly racist, like getting checked at like a department store to make sure I didn't steal anything like numerous times even in a place like New York City where it's like very diverse I do feel like so many parts of my life come down to the fact that I am black and like Mm -hmm. I think for people to say that it's not because I'm black is very naive Mm -hmm. and kind of hurtful Um, I have had some explicitly negative experiences in the States, definitely. Um, I mean, I remember, I don't know how old I was, seven or eight, but definitely like big enough to be seen in the window of my mother's car. I wasn't like tiny, you know? Um, And a man, we were turning into a bank to, you know, get some cash before we went to the movies. I remember this so clearly. And the guy kind of stopped his car and rolled down his window. So my mom rolled down her window because clearly he was going to ask for directions. And he just called he, he called her near just because. Because it was Tuesday or because <laughs> we were driving through his neighborhood. or um, It was just an opportunity for him to say that to someone and to, to hurt someone. And it didn't matter that her child was in the car and it didn't matter that, you know, she's a respectable person or, you know, doing the right thing in the world or none of that mattered. Um, And that was a long time ago. And um, in some ways, my personal experience got better because I was aware suddenly um, and I could anticipate you know, where to go and how to be. And, you know, I, but kind of like Bella was saying, race did and does still 
occupy every behavior, every thought. Um, I'm constantly thinking about how I'm perceived and, and the double meaning of everything. Um, and it takes a lot of act, like effort to to quiet that other voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Japan, it has been kind of a retreat from that in some ways. Because even if I like, if I'm experiencing, you know, some sort of discrimination, I at least don't. I feel like at least it's just because I'm a foreigner. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's more because I'm a foreigner than because I am black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's sad too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still part of my every thought, and I think about my son who is mixed race and the experience he would have in the States is going to be just as hard, you know, because he won't fit into any particular Mm -hmm. cultural group. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is the issue of not being able to check a box, which is definitely an issue in the States Um, or not being black enough or not being white enough or whatever, you know, there's all of that um, that he's going to have to face and kind of be strong enough to, to stand up against Mm -hmm. but even here in Japan he would have to face something like that Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I would say like my experience in the United States was like from when I I was pretty young like pre-k to like sixth grade so I wasn't really aware that like I was like maybe one of like five of the black girls who was like in my school in total so it was kind of a thing where I didn't really like care about it as much because these are the people that I've been around with like since I've been like pretty young Mm -hmm. but then when I came to ASIJ in like eighth grade um I started to become more aware of things I guess like my sister going through like a lot of um like it was one particular um experience when I think they were having Black History Month and someone hung up the cotton fields. Oh, yeah. And that day that she came home, like, screaming, like, how come being back in the U.S. was so calm and then now all of a sudden, like, I'm experiencing all these things that, like, have never happened to me before. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't really see me being black as like the one identity that I had to hold on to but now it was something that was like oh maybe I like do fit into this little box of like so like few people that um it was kind of confusing to me at that time but then also now going back to the U.S. I am kind of scared there's like a sense of fear that like throughout my family like if we're driving down the street and like we live in like a neighborhood that's mostly like with white people like are we gonna get pulled over or are someone gonna die like it's not the same fear of like living in Japan rather than living in the United States and like sometimes I just don't want to go back there just because of that sense of fear that I have like yeah that makes sense I completely agree with that. I think when I the 
I had grown up the first eight years of my life here, so I would, and I did go to a bit of, I went to Japanese school for a bit, and like while I was there, I did experience like a little bit of racism, but it, I never really felt threatened or like I was going to be harmed. But when I first lived in California and I was in Beverly Hills getting cupcakes with my mom, these group of teenagers started screaming at me and my mom, get the out of here niggers, and like screaming those things. And I remember in Beverly Hills, and I was so scared that I didn't even know really what they were saying, but I was just scared that there were these kids screaming at me and my mom. And um, eventually, a group of other like bystanders like put like got really mad and like pushed them away, and like it was fine in the end. But I remember like I saw my mom cry, and like it really like blew my mind honestly after that because I was so like. I was confused because I never felt scared like that before, and I remember like that feeling of fear, like carried on to like I have two younger brothers, and like to see my parents have to give them a talk about how to behave around police officers,、mm-hmm. how to like stay safe to just walk down the street to get a snack or something, it, like that kind of fear is something that like. I'm like terrified to have to like experience going back in the states, and I'm so scared for my brothers too to have to experience that. I think it's the fear that's still so prominent that people don't know about here、mm-hmm. at ASIJ. Wow. So I kind of I for the first part of my life I didn't realize I was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I have white parents. I was adopted, so when I grew up in this super white neighborhood, and、um, like I think it was a, it was like this is how crazy it was. They accepted me into the gifted program because they needed minorities <laughs> at the time, so they accepted an Asian in the gifted program because they needed minorities. That's how I got in. <laughs>、um, yeah, so I I like would it. I hated seeing pictures of myself when I was little because I was like, what? Why do I look like that? <laughs> yeah, I just thought I was. White, kind of, like as like in the little kid, you know, toddler brain. So it was really weird.、Um, and then、um, I don't know. I I of course have never experienced the kind of like really awful racism where I'm fear in fear of my life if I get stopped by the police. That kind of stuff is an annoyance, but it's nothing to the extent where.、Um, It's like stuff that's happened to me. I can laugh off as, oh, they're the ignorant ones. But when you're actually in fear of your life、yeah. from the protection agencies that are supposed to be, I mean, that's atrocious. And so, of course, racism is much worse in the United States、mm-hmm. than it is in Japan. I mean, and there there is racism in Japan.、Yeah. There's of course racism in Japan, and you can talk to Bobby about that as well. He's he's experienced quite a bit of racism in Japan,、awesome. but it's not to that point where he thinks he's going to lose his life、mm-hmm. in a traffic stop.、Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly, racism in America is a really serious and long-lasting problem. Do you feel that,、uh, particularly since the 2016 election,、um, racism has become a bigger or you know more recognizable issue in America? 
Let me take a seat. Um, I think it has always been there. And I think, well, obviously, but I think even like in 2000s, like when people are like, oh, we're moved past, like it's still been there even during Obama's presidency. There's still been racism. There's still been all that. And then I think once Donald Trump was elected, his campaign was like, oh, Obama is not actually born in America. Like those kinds of things enabled people who have been like suppressing their racism to just let it out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like through lots of different ways like um I think in my school in New York last year um there were a group of boys who were all like wore their MAGA hats to school one day and they drew swastikas on the windows of our school and wrote the n-word as well and like did like the Nazi sign and did some other like terrible things for like lots of different minority groups and I think seeing that and I think what especially hit me was like seeing the MAGA hats it was like Mm -hmm. that's like a crutch for them to be able to be racist Mm -hmm. and to be homophobic and be sexist and all those kinds of things I I totally agree I think it's it just it's the same kind of Kool-Aid it's just poured into different (laughs) vessels over the years and right now it's residing in manga hat Mm. you know it'll be guised as something else later Mm. but I I mean well that sounds a little bit despairing and (laughs) (laughs) it'll never go away (laughs) Uh, do do you feel like this will you know always always be a problem in the US you know like for you know centuries to come do you think there's I don't know hope of big improvements in this area, realistically. I would like to see a candidate. I mean, I actually don't... I guess because I'm an economics teacher, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, ha- I haven't been very pleased with how the Democrats have gone about trying to address problems in the United States. And there's a lot of focus on... Um, the Democrats have embraced a lot of like anti-homophobia and anti-racism and so forth, but I don't think they've actually um, come up with any economic policies that are going to make a difference. So it doesn't really make a difference if you say like, yay, I'm a Democrat, great, I'm not a racist or a homophobe, Mm -hmm. but so what? Now what? Right? You still have an enormous percentage of the population, that a crazy number of the population that is incarcerated in prisons, yeah. that is stuck in a um, in a economic system that allows for e- less and less upward mobility as we glorify riches more and more mm-hmm. and keep people, you know, enslaved at Walmarts around the, you know, the world, it's, there's really, the Democrats aren't offering any sort of outs for any people who are stuck at the bottom. And that includes, unfortunately, mostly people of color. Yeah. I guess I'm getting a little... Cycle of poverty. (laughs) Yeah, cycle of poverty, that is. And I don't see any Democrats really reaching out with a campaign that says both 
are important. Mm-hmm. So now we move on to our last question to just wrap things up a little bit. But um, so we asked people how comfortable they feel talking about race and culture at ASIJ. And a lot of people said they're comfortable, but they said they're friends or uh, I don't know if they were lying, but they said a lot of people <laughs> they know felt sort of uncomfortable because they didn't, for example, like people don't feel comfortable saying like the word white or black because they feel it's so harsh so like i, I know i i have a few friends who yeah. they'd see like a kenyan person they go african-american so um you know considering some people do feel uncomfortable do you think there's a way to you know facilitate more conversation stimulate more dialogue do you think we need to somehow i don't know do something about this any ideas? I think just having a conversation, like, one-on-one with a person that you, like, genuinely know so that you're not necessarily afraid. You shouldn't be able to, like, tiptoe around them because how are you ever going to, like, learn about something if you're not going to be just, like, asking questions? Yeah. Like, I think that... Wait. I lost my thought. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I, I remember. So I went to go to my mom and like I was wondering if there was ever like a difference between like black and African American mm-hmm. because I know that there's like a fine line between those two words mm-hmm. and she explained to me that like she identifies herself as a black woman and not an African American because she mm-hmm. has no ties to like America. That's something I wouldn't have known if I hadn't asked her. Interesting. So it's all about asking questions, like getting all the information that you need to not be scared to like talk about things like this because mm-hmm. no one should be mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well people are definitely uncomfortable talking about race here that's <laughs> really i remember um we were at softball we were playing a different team and there was one black girl on the other team and my friends were talking about her but i wasn't sure who they were talking about so yeah. i asked them to describe the girl <laughs> and they were like oh she's wearing a blue shirt green socks like yellow hair tie and i was like who and i was like Oh, why didn't you just say the black girl? And, like, oh. uh, and I was like, it's okay, you can say that. Yeah. Or like, they always say, oh, the African American perspective, oh, the African American person, like things like that. I'm like, well, they're actually not American, but yeah. that's kind of you to try and be like. Yeah. I think it's because they're they're trying to not be racist. Like they're trying to find like a good like way to keep people happy but it's just like it's just kind of funny sometimes like, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think it's because sometimes they're afraid to actually speak up and like mm. say because honestly there are some there are some people here with controversial opinions that do feel like they can't say what they want because they don't want other people to come and say oh you're a racist terrible person but it's yeah. like I won't necessarily think that. I just want to hear what you have to say and maybe educate you a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, <laughs> and there's, there's, there should be discussion. You can't make change without discussion. And if people are uncomfortable talking about things, then there's no way anything is going to change, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the school needs to have some more of, like, a opportunity for kids to be able to talk with each other about mm-hmm. things other than, like, oh, you going to that party next Saturday? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, and, or like not this all structured courses like mm. that are so set on a specific curriculum, like yeah. are hard for kids to learn about other things and get better. I don't know. Yeah. 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 
That's a good yes. point. I think just more opportunities to have dialogue and, and think about things, yeah. engage in real topics, mm-hmm. and feel safe and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's hard to know how to do that as an institution. Yeah. So I think, you know, just starting in our classrooms or with your friends or... You know, yeah, it's an easy place to start with the teachers. Yeah, so. no, I remember I was I was in Miss Lang course last year, and we talked a lot about you know these sort of topics, and I I thought it was really good. So here, yeah, I think that, that's my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I I think like white guys are afraid to say stuff. Right? And kind of rightfully so. I mean, they kind of get stomped on all the time for like, we're waiting for you to say something wrong. I mean, that's kind of the culture that's been bred, unfortunately, I think, by a lot of the democratic liberal. That's true. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so it makes people afraid to talk, to mm-hmm. ask questions because, oh, I asked it in a, you know, offensive way. way. Yeah. And I, I think if we fostered an environment that admitted that all this stuff is new. Mm. It's really new. We're going to stumble around and people are going to make mistakes and that's okay. And so you might like call someone African American and they're not from Africa or America. (laughs) 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 Right? But that's okay. Yeah. At least like let's let's be okay with people making mistakes and I think that that's maybe something that the school doesn't do very well. Mm-hmm. That when somebody makes a mistake, they're not necessarily treated as like, at least you're trying, that's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. Or like, can you believe they said that? <laughs> yeah. Right? And so people shut down and then they don't learn from each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have to wrap it up there. But um, yeah. thank you so much, everyone, for coming. That was such a great discussion. Hopefully, we'll have more next year. Um, this was our last episode of the year. So I think we <laughs> that was a really great discussion. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. But more importantly, we hope you learned from it. At ASIJ, we learn in our classrooms to be empowered to make a difference. That means that we have a responsibility to seek opportunities to do this, whether it be donating to a charity, whether it be volunteering at a campaign or an organization, or any other method of making your voice heard on these critical issues, on making a difference. If you're seeking additional resources, check out volume 23 of the Roundup, which we've linked in the episode notes. We recommend you watch the discussion by ASIJ students and faculty entitled, I Can't Breathe, a discussion around how racism is choking America. And lastly, we recommend reading the other part of this feature, an article by Kokoro Igawa about why saying all lives matter is not enough. We have an immense amount of privilege being ASIJ students, and it is up to us to use it well. That was the dealio.